3: Uh, championship week is upon us. Who's punching their tickets to the college football playoff? But before we go there, let's go, Michael Lombardi, USA, USA. USA. As we welcome you in here, Lombardi did Line, Jason, the Sports Betting Network. We did, are kicking did we kick off. It off? W- literally, as you ask me the question, we're underway. Qatar, Netherlands, USA. Fight for a right to move to the quarters there in the U.S., excuse me, the World Cup. So we'll be focusing on this. I have to tell you, I know it's buzzing there at the Borgata. Michael Lombardi, of course, there at the Borgata in Atlantic City. We just saw a picture of what's going down at Circa back in Las Vegas. I know my friends are just down the road here at the pier in Hermosa Beach watching. There's a picture, Michael, you take a look of Circa, which is packed already at seven o'clock in the morning. I got text messages from South Carolina, Michigan, New York City, today, so friends are buzzing across the country for the USA at the World Cup.
2: Look, we need something to bond this country together, to take the politics out of it and bring us all together. You know, and, 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 and soccer, which I don't understand anything about the game. My daughter in law was a scholarship soccer player at Fordham, so I've seen some games, but I mean, we need this bonding. I mean, this is perfect, and hopefully we can continue the bonding and, and grow together. So uh, hopefully it'll bring us all together. I love the fact that the Borgata, we got some action in here today, and uh, people are into it. So it's great. I don't understand the game. You've got to explain it. Don't ask me one question about what's going on, because I would be like Dan Campbell. I would not know. Well,
3: let's just put it this way: the Netherlands. You see the orange crush; they're wearing all orange. That's kind of their signature. Uh, the Dutch. Let's be f- let's be fair about the Dutch, though, Michael Lombardi. They're not playing in a conference championship game. Uh, they they lost to a six ranks Alabama. They play in a weak conference. The Dutch just now <laughs> just playing because we're going to get to the stipulations and what it takes to get to the final four. I feel like we're completely inundated with that last night, of course. Uh, USC's hopes were dashed by Utah. Utah play spoiler. USC, uh, the final four bid has been doused 47 24. Really, what happened here, Caleb Williams popped his hamstring. And once he did, that game was over, my man.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, the other thing is, too, is, is uh, we said it yesterday, and I said it on Russo. This Utah team's tough. Like, you've got to really tough. be tough to beat them. I mean they never have a top thirty recruiting class. They won't have one this year. All they do is all they do is just battle, battle, and you can't put them away. I mean, you cannot put him away. And as I said on Russo yesterday, you know, for all the fanfare that Lincoln Riley gets as this great offensive guru, it really comes down to he's a single wing coach with no passing game. That's really what it is. It's a quarterback run game, it's a it's a six-back attack. But they have really no passing game. Okay, you know, a receiver, they break a coverage and he throws it down the field. I love Caleb Williams. I think he's great. But I worry about him getting hurt, Patrick, and I worry about how good is their offense.
3: I think it's reasonable to worry now let's set up today and we'll get to it Um, I've actually got the title odds and it may make Bill Berman and the Alabama crew happy because take a look at the title odds right now so Georgia of course is going to play LSU today SEC championship game they're minus 140 over at DraftKings to win a championship Michigan who plays an unranked Purdue team today Big Ten championship game they're three and a half to one how about Ohio State Ohio State's your third betting favorite Michael Lombardi at four to one they're obviously sitting five in the college football playoff rankings. They're not going to jump up, most would assume. Now, the question is, if TCU loses to Kansas State, I'll ask you, if TCU loses to Kansas State, they're 12-1 to on the board right now to win a championship. Do they deserve to be in the final four? Okay, they'd be one Uh, loss, of course, Alabama, two loss. Do you have TCU staying in?
2: I mean, look, if TCU can't stay in, what what do we have this thing for, right? I mean, to me you just hurt yourself by having a conference the teams that don't go to the conference championship games benefit i mean ohio state's sitting there at five and they're licking their chops i mean they knew they knew but you had to know between tcu and usc one of those teams are going to lose their championship game right and you're going to get in i i I said this about tennessee tennessee would be in this if they could have beaten south carolina that weekend I mean, think about it, Patrick, right? I said this three weeks ago. Tennessee's – who's ever in the five slot, whoever's hitting five, it's the best place to be. You don't have to play a game. You don't have to exert any energy. You just sit back and watch somebody else screw it up, and you're in. (laughs) Right? You're in.
3: So, the biggest game of the year, they lost by 22 at home last week, and now they're chilling. They're going to be healthy going into the Final Four. You're saying that might be an advantage for Ohio State? I think you might be onto something here, Michael.
2: I, I mean, it's so perfect. Like, I, I, I mean, look, if Alabama, and I said this, I'd love Alabama laying the 22 against Auburn, but I don't think Alabama's defense is anywhere near where, it, where it's been advertised all season long. And, you know, if they would have convincingly beat Auburn, which they should have done. Then I think you could make the case that they're five. They play a tough schedule. They battle through. But look, you know, when th- when this when TCU beat Kansas State, you know they were a good team. They won by ten. They beat they beat the mighty Texans Texas team. You know who's coached by the greatest coach of all time, right? So you know, and and they were able to find a way to beat Baylor. You know, at, late in the game, Texas Tech's been on a but on a heater. Texas Tech's been not that they're a ranked team, but they're good. I don't know, you know. I mean, I know the Big Twelve isn't great, but I think TCU deserves to stay in, just because they lose a conference championship game when another team doesn't play one. Look, the Big Ten. Look, who has Ohio State beaten that you say? Wow, that's a signature win. Nobody. I mean, the Pence, nobody. But here's, the Pence, but
3: here's the thing. But here's the thing, I'm Sorry to cut you off. But here's the thing: if Ohio State played TCU on a neutral, and we'll bring Thomas Gable in to ask, Ohio State's going to be favored.
2: Ohio State's oh, no going to be favored by. But plenty. there's price, as the great Vinnie Maulo says. There's prices and polls. Yes, there right? are. Yes, you're, Their prices you're 100% and right. I mean, Alabama would be favored against TCU. Alabama would be favored against USC. Alabama would be favored against Michigan.
3: I think it was Felika that said it. If it was Oklahoma or Texas representing the Big 12 and not TCU with
2: one loss, oh, we wouldn't easy. be having this
3: conversation. We oh, wouldn't no be having this conversation, no. right? No, because it, it it's would a be brand. Because
2: it's brand. It's brand awareness. I mean, that's what makes this thing such so comical. It's all about the brand awareness. It's all about who, who do we want in it? Like, I mean, Michigan today. I mean, Michigan, I mean, if they lose, where are they dropping to? Does Ohio State move ahead of them? <laughs> That's a good question. They're not going to drop out of the Final Four,
3: uh, Michigan, they if they lost to Purdue. But what's funny about that is Purdue's terrible. Purdue just squeaked by Northwestern and Indiana. If Michigan lost to them, how do we judge that? I mean, that'd
2: be a terrible loss. Well, it would be, and I don't think they will because you know why? I'm going to let you in on a secret. Michigan's tough. Tough teams don't usually lose. They may, it may be a close game, and you may be right to take Michigan and the, po- uh, per- the points, but Michigan's tough. Like, oh, USC's totally. not tough. USC's not tough at all. I don't care what no. you say. They will never be tough. Oklahoma was never tough. You know, you can have all the generals you can recruit out there to USC you want. You can have all the five, six, seven, eight-star generals you want. But Utah, which never had a top-30 class— which has never had a top 30 class, is tough. Oh, no, you, you nailed it. I mean,
3: basically, the gadget plays from Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams, who most likely he's minus 1,600 to win the Heisman still, should win the Heisman as the U.S. had a scoring opportunity with the crosser there. And then they basically worked on what takeaways on defense. They weren't tough on defense. They were opportunistic on defense, and that kind of kept USC afloat. Well, conversely... Can I bring up a team to you? And that is TCU. Let me walk you through what happened with TCU here. They went to Oklahoma. Excuse me. They played Oklahoma, who was then 18. They then go on the road to Kansas. You remember, Michael, that was 19th ranked then. They then come home and play Oklahoma State, who was 8th ranked. They then beat Kansas State. They then went to West Virginia. I mean, this is like this is a team that everybody's waiting for the shoe to drop in TCU, and they keep on answering the bell,
2: including last week at Baylor. And they're, th- they're the third-best offense, scoring offense in all of football, right? They're, they are the seventh-best offense in terms of yards per attempt. I mean, they're 27th, and this is in the country. This isn't in their conference, right? They're 16th-best total offense in the country. Their relative scoring offense is eighth, right? This is a good team, and they're tough, and they know how to battle. Now, they're not great on defense. You know, they're 73rd in the nation on total defense. But they battle and they play hard and, and they're well coached and you got to give them credit here you know and this will be a hard game for them because Kansas State's a good team too, it's hard to beat a team twice.
3: Yeah, hundred percent. So let me just set it up quickly here and we'll give you the numbers and we'll come back and we'll start capping these game proper, capping these games properly. Pardon me. The first one as soon as we get off the air, uh, an hour in, we're going to have Kansas State TCU. Do you know the number right now? It's essentially a pick 'em Kansas State and yeah. TCU. It's essentially a pick'em right now. 61 and a half, 60 and a half, somewhere right there on the total. Uh oh, what happened? Oh, oh, oh. The United States with another crosser. Okay, we'll keep you updated there. Georgia against 14 LSU. How about there would be some juice in this matchup if LSU hadn't lost to A&M did Amsterdam last week? Did just score? Right? I think no, I think the Netherlands just scored, Patrick. Did they just go? I'm behind you. Yes, they did. A beautiful crosser. And the Dutch first up, one nil in the ninth-minute World Cup knockout round. Jeez, Louise. So if we don't don't win this,
2: if If we don't win this,
3: we're out. This is single elimination. So round robin with the group play into the round of 16 or the knockout stage, which is where we are right now. So this isn't... Whoever loses heads back to either the Netherlands or the United States. And right now, an early goal. I mean, look, this is... If you take a look at the FIFA rankings, for example, you know, they rank all the countries. The Netherlands are eight and the United States are 16. And the United States were plus 325, plus 330 as far as the betting odds here. So they were pretty prohibitive dogs coming into this matchup so uh, but surprising here because the Netherlands had been disappointing in group play very underwhelming you looked at all the metrics they hadn't played well and here they go before the 10th minute they jump up one nil on the United States so we'll keep you updated there that's kind of depressing
2: well, <laughs> we gotta rally back. You know, we gotta show some toughness. It's a long game, it's not over yet. Hey, you know hey, pad level We're not, pad level bro. Keep the pad level. We gotta get our pad up. level back. We gotta stop hitting the crossbar and get it into the net. That's all. that's my advice. Stop hitting the damn crossbar.
3: Georgia LSU of course Michigan Purdue we mentioned so we'll get to all the matchups we're just getting started we're riding with you we're riding with the United States there in Qatar he's Michael Lombardi riding at the Borgata I'm Patrick Maher uh, live from Los Angeles as we continue Lombardi Line Championship Week is upon us we're coming up next here at Lombardi Line
2: You're listening to The Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher.
3: Okay, at First Bet Express Bet, here at Jeff Siegel's best plays for Saturday today, both at Del Mar. His top pick in the fourth race, he's got the four-horse McKenna, 3-1 to one on top. Jeff has in the three, excuse me, the ninth race. He's got the three horse Celestial City at four to one. Good horse. You can check out those horses and those races over at FirstBetExpressBet, dot slash horses. Remember, when you sign up right now, you get ten bucks free if you use the code Horse two hundred. You get a two hundred deposit match bonus. So make sure you check that out again. In the fourth, he has Spirit of Makina, 3-1. to one. In the ninth, he's got the three-horse Celestial City today at Del Mar. As we welcome you back, Michael Lombardi there at the Borgata, where everything's kind of gotten quiet because as we say hi and welcome you in, hope you're having a nice weekend. I'm Patrick Maher. The Netherlands scored in the ninth minute, so they're up 1-0. We're 15 minutes in, so plenty of time to go here. Michael Lombardi, the soccer expert there, will keep us updated <laughs> as this match plays out (laughs) plenty of time for the united states to get the equalizer here though michael
2: yeah let's not panic i mean you know nobody said it's going to be easy right like everybody (laughs) thinks the games are going to be over in the first period like every every game you know the san francisco miami game tomorrow you know no game ends in the first quarter like you just got to keep fighting even when you're a double digit favorite like one of the things that gets you is when you you think you're going to win the game no game's easy they're all hard And it's through body punches, it's through wearing teams down that you kind of do it. I think Michigan's a perfect example of that this year. I mean, Michigan, if you look at their first half scores, they're in a lot of tight games. Rutgers was a tight game. Indiana, all of them are tight games, and yet they wear you down because their toughness goes over an extended period of time.
3: A great example of it's not over, how about last night? USC jumped out to a 14-3 lead over Utah, and Utah came back and scored 24 unanswered. So... It's not over, and we'll keep you updated. You could just
2: see that game last night that there was just innate toughness on Utah. I love Utah's offense. I love their under center. I love their spread. I love everything Utah does. I love everything Utah stands for. I love Whittingham. He's just an old ball coach, and his team and the way he recruits – there with his players and look it's just a program that is built on a foundation of who they are they understand exactly who they are and what kind of kids they need to play within their program
3: yeah, there was some irony there because you mentioned Whittingham. Whittingham had been tied for years to potentially taking that USC job, but he stayed at Utah, which is a good job, but not necessarily on the level of USC as far as national prominence, but he's done a hell of a job. He's back-to-back Pac-12 champions, uh, championships there at Utah after winning it last year and beating Oregon there in Vegas as well. And USC, look, they had 20 incoming transfers, which was the most nationally. Of course, Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley came over together, so he'll have plenty of time to build a program there at USC in a nice um, first year for Lincoln Riley, no
2: doubt. No doubt. But, I mean, he's going to have to build a toughness pro. He's going to have to get toughness to his team. He didn't have it at Oklahoma. And he's, and, he, and he's not going no, to have it fair. at SC unless he changes. I mean, that's yeah. just the fact. I mean, the media makes him out to be this incredible offensive guru. In fact, Russo asked me on, television, on, on on our show yesterday about, is Lincoln Riley ready to be a head coach in the NFL? Please. His passing game is, is, is really just a misdirection. pass. It's no passing game. It's all runs and the team has no toughness. If you want to get on Cliff Kingsbury, get on him. But Lincoln Riley and Cliff King, I mean I mean it's funny. Cliff Kingsbury, if he would have had the first quarter that, that Lincoln Riley had, they would have killed him. You got used two timeouts in the first quarter with couldn't get the play calls in. That people would have gone berserk.
3: I think you and I called it a gadget offense yesterday when we were texting about Lincoln Riley's offense. A bit of a gadget offense, no doubt. Now speaking of head coaches, Michael Lombardi, uh, you've been way out in front of this. Dion Sanders is going to be named the next head coach at Colorado. You've been out in front of this for a little over a week now. Can you give us some information, Dion, to Boulder? That's a that's big news yeah. across the college. I ranks. mean, for the
2: last for the last two weeks, Dion has been trying to get together his coaching staff, and he's used his you know a lot of his contacts to try to build this build a basically dion's going to be the ceo the brand manager and and he's trying to build an organization out there and he spent the last two weeks doing it and he's and and colorado has made a commitment to him and my understanding from talking to coaches throughout the college football landscape is he's going to have 12 million dollars of nil money to spend on players and one thing we know about dion he's going to get in homes and he's going to be able to help that. Yeah. Now, Boulder's a wonderful campus. And Boulder's a, a – really, it's a good football state. Now, they don't have a lot of great players in the state. You have to go other way out, – outside. You've got to go into L.A. And you've got to go into Texas, which I think Dion can do pretty well. Houston, Dallas, those areas you've got to be able to recruit. Because you can get a direct flight to Denver from anywhere. I mean, you can get to, from, from Mars to Denver. So, you know, he's going to have that ability. And, and he's going to really be predicated on the offensive and defensive coaches that he can bring in and build the program. I think it's a great hire for Colorado. It gives them some brand relevance, which they desperately need. Because only people as old as I am remember when Colorado was good. Well, you just said
3: brand relevance. Has there ever been a player? I mean, first off, his talent was unquestioned. But as a marketer or self-promoter, Neon Dion, I mean, think about him back in the day. He was the greatest self-promoter, and he's going to sell kids on coming to Colorado.
2: Right. And, and the fact that kids still know about Dion today, right? You know, that's really powerful. I mean, you know, usually the, this generation doesn't remember the older generation. You know, you ask a lot of people about, you know, Paul. I was thinking yesterday watching the, watching the USC game about the great Paul Horning, who played quarterback at Notre Dame and got transferred to a running back. Like, I'm really believing that we are going to get two quarterbacks in the backfield. We're going to play an old school game. But pl- players today don't remember Paul Horning. Players today don't remember that the halfback pass out of the sweep was a huge part of an offense. It was a huge part of an <laughs> offense, right? And so, like, the, the fact that Dion is still relevant today is a, a tribute to him, and then people go back and look at his YouTube videos, and he's incredible.
3: It's a great point. Yeah, I think it's fair to say a 20-year-old doesn't know – old Paul Horning, but they should. They should brush up on their history, Michael. What's up with that? Well, I I Um, think
2: coaches should. I think guys like Lincoln Riley and Nick Sirianni. Like, I think you should really brush up because just watching SC yesterday, like, you know, they should. Utah was almost doing it too. They brought that kid who was a quarterback in. They put him at running back. They moved around. Like, I think we're headed back to having two quarterbacks in the backfield. Basically, two running backs with one guy can throw it. Because in college football, the passing games aren't sophisticated. They really aren't. I mean, they're not. And so it's going to come down to how do we do it? I mean, you know, the great Green Bay Packers teams with Cecil LaBelle and, and, and Arnie Harmer. I mean, those guys were, you know, that's they had two quarterbacks in the backfield. And they were throwing a football, Patrick, that was like throw like a the ball looked like a medicine ball that they were throwing it was, back. It was,
3: it was a rock. Yes. It was, especially if it got moisture. Um, how about this? So Dion to Colorado, Hugh Freeze to Auburn. Do either surprise you, does it surprise you Dion went to a school that's been so down for such a period of time now? I,
2: I give Dion credit. You know, Dion was up for the Arkansas job a couple years ago. He didn't get it, it went to Sam Pittman. Dion did exactly what Bill Walsh Always, tells coach, always told coaches what to do. If you want to be a head coach, go be one. And he went to Jackson State, and everybody said, oh, he can't do And he won, and he proved himself. So now he gets Colorado. You know, Bo Jackson wanted him for the Auburn job. I don't know why he didn't get the Auburn job, but he wasn't involved. So what other job could he have gotten? Colorado's a great job, great town to live in, and I think he'll, I think he'll do it as, as the brand manager. Is he going to be the game day coach? No but he'll be the guy who can get players, motivate players, and he's going to rely on a really good coaching staff. How about Hugh Freeze at Auburn? Well, I mean, I think, you know, I was impressed by Hugh Freeze at Liberty. I, I always thought Hugh Freeze wasn't, was more of a, a salesman than a coach, and I was wrong on that. I think he's obviously done a good job of coaching, and he built a program at Liberty that you've got to give him credit for building. There's no doubt about that. So, you know, I think Auburn, look, he'll recruit. He knows how to recruit. He knows how to recruit in the Southeast Conference. And, you know, it, it, it's going to be a challenge, but I think he can do this because Auburn's always been very good at recruiting, and it's going to come down to in-game adjustments and in how he handles Georgia, how he handles Alabama, but Al- Auburn is a tough team. I mean, they can recruit. They know how to do it in the Southeast Conference.
3: Are you hearing, so I'll just stretch this a little bit and we'll come back and get to Kansas State and TCU. Are you hearing any other shakeups amongst the college ranks and coaches? Are you hearing any other rumblings?
2: I I, I haven't heard too much about anything else. I think it's pretty quiet. You know, West Virginia, everybody thought Neil Allen was going to get fired. He came back. They stayed the course with him. So I I think that's kind of in limbo. And now a lot of it is just getting coaching staffs ready to go. I think, you know, Matt Rule's getting his staff going. Cincinnati's still open. I don't know who's going to get that job. I think they're going to make an announcement by the end of the weekend at Cincinnati, which is an interesting job because Cincinnati's one of those places that they, you know, Cincinnati has to have a guy who's tough-minded, you know, who can recruit that 300-mile radius that Luke Fickle recruited and can also go into Florida and get players. You know, they're going to the Big 12. And if you're going to the Big 12, you better have some toughness.
3: And Chip Kelly, Dantonio, Butch Davis—I mean, excuse me, am I thinking of the right coach? Butch Davis went to Tennessee. Butch, I'm, I'm Butch Jones. Pardon me. Cincinnati's always been a—they've—it's always been a spot where you can launch into a big job, and that's also by, the, Fickle did a hell of a job there. Final four appearance. The
2: only guy that didn't succeed there was Senator Tommy Tuberville. Yeah, Tom, you know? Tuberville. I mean, he's the only that's guy. Correct. He was, you know, because he was too busy being a politician and not being a coach hundred percent okay that's the head coaching news you
3: mentioned matt rule nebraska as he builds his staff as well cincinnati still open we are sitting 25th minute in qatar netherlands one the united states nil we'll keep you updated plenty of time to go so let's go usa we'll keep you updated we'll be riding with you throughout the whole entire lombardi line we come back and we get to the big 12 arlington of course they're playing at jerry world kansas state tcu next
1: To the
2: Lombardi line on vSIN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher.
3: Okay, I've got some great news for you Cyber Monday has been extended, it's Saturday, and we've extended it. We keep going. So, become a vSIN pro right now, an annual subscriber. What do you get? You get everything. You get our betting guides, including the World Cup betting guide, which you can download right now, college basketball, NHL, NFL, everything we offer. Michael Lombardi's look ahead, his exclusive articles. Of course, you get all the tools, including the betting splits. It's all available. We send you free picks every day, right to your email. It's vsun.com slash subscribe. But the big deal with extending Cyber Monday is you get a $30 credit right now for free. We give you $30 to spend in the store. You get t-shirts, hats, mugs, it's all there. Go check it out. Cyber Monday has been extended, but not for much longer. It's vison.com slash subscribe. Okay, we got you back here. Lombardi line, hope you're having a nice weekend. It, of course, is a championship week. Who's punching their ticket to the college football playoff? We know this. TCU, if they win and beat Kansas State for a second time in the Big 12 championship game, Michael Lombardi, they're going to be in. I'll set you up on the number, and then we can dive into this very interesting rematch. Right now, Kansas State TCU, neutral. They're in Arlington at Jerry World most shops TCU won but a couple of pickums as well
2: yeah look I mean go back to the last game it was a very close game and, and Kansas State you know faltered lost by 10 it was their only their second loss of the season they lost earlier in the year to Tulane Tulane is a good team right Tulane's ranked Absolutely. 18th in the country. You never would have known that, okay? And that was a 17 to 10 game. Now, to me, this is a game that's really going to come down to can Kansas State play well enough on defense? You know, they got really far behind against Texas. Texas was able to run the football on them effectively, and and that's a problem. And so, but when you look at this team, I mean, they're 14th overall in the country in terms of total defense. They only give up, they give up less than 20 points a game. So that's impressive. But their run defense is 56 overall in the country. Their relative rushing defense is 36. That gives gives TCU an advantage because TCU can run the football. They average almost 200 yards a game rushing. So TCU's got to play from in front and force the pressure on this Kansas State offense to see if they can do that. And I I think it'll be a back-and-forth game. Both teams are tough. That's the one thing I like about both teams. Both teams are tough. I just think TCU's been a lot of these games they're used to it and if they can throw the they can throw the football when they have to
3: We'll start with Kansas State, then I'll take you to TCU and get into the fact that Sonny Dykes in his first year has done a hell of a job. Duggan's been awesome. You mentioned Kendra Miller, who ran for 153 yards and two scores against K-State the first time. But let's go Let's go to K-State and Chris Kleiman. This is a guy that racked up FCS titles at North Dakota State. It just shows you. It's what you talk about all the time. Either you can coach or you can't. At whatever level, it doesn't matter. This dude has come to Kansas State. He brought in Adrian Martinez. Martinez flourished under Kleiman. That's one um his defense has gotten better it's just really a hell of a job
2: by Kleiman there at Kansas State you know and, and and look we talk about toughness right we talk about you know how do you develop toughness in your team how do you do that and one thing where Kleiman's been able to do is the special teams are one of the best special teams in the country they're 10th overall you know whereas TCU's you know TCU's special teams struggle they're not as good as uh, they're not as good as as uh as Kansas State. So he's got that toughness. You get toughness from coaching the kicking game. They, you know, When you emphasize the kicking game and you demand in the kicking game, your team becomes tough. And I think ultimately that's really where he is. And their defense plays well, you know, and they battle. I mean, look, they battled t- Texas. They get way behind in that game and they just ran out of gas against Texas. And Martinez, who I feel like I've been watching Martinez play for the last 25 years, you know, <laughs> actually played better for, for Kleiman than he ever did at Nebraska
3: okay so he is key Martinez when capping this game let's go back to October 27th excuse me 22nd down in Fort Worth TCU beat Kansas State 38-28 now Kansas State outplayed TCU big time in the first half Michael but there were adjustments made remember the big factor on October 22nd was TCU prepared for Adrian Martinez Adrian Martinez on the second series got injured in comes Will Howard all of a sudden they're throwing bombs it's a completely different playbook from Kansas State they go to the half TCU you adjust, and they come out and outscore them 21-0 in the second half. Like I don't see what people are missing about this TCU team. They've adjusted and played better defensively in the second half pretty much every game this year. They've met every challenge and they already beat Kansas State. Everybody, including Matt Eumanns, who's coming up in about 24 minutes, I believe he's on. Uh, I won't give it away, but he might be on Kansas State today as well.
2: I think everybody's going off the premise it's hard to beat a team twice in the same season and Utah just proved you can do that, right? And everybody wants to make the adjustments. But I do think Sonny Dykes' team has got a broader scope to everything. It's just a hard game. And, and how many games are you going to play where you're constantly in a battle? You're constantly challenged. And, you know, people think eventually that rubs off. It's like Minnesota. How many more games can Minnesota continue to win where they are, you know, not exactly, you know, that looks like they win ugly. But, but iron strengthens iron. And the more you win those close games, the stronger you become. And I think that's what TCU is. And I frankly think TCU belongs in the top four. As, as Felica said, and I didn't hear him say this, but you're right. If this is Oklahoma or Texas, I mean, we, we couldn't wait to put them in there. Are you kidding me? You're, if no, this would have been Texas' team this year, they couldn't wait. I mean, they go into Texas and beat Texas. You know, the great Steve Sarkeesian's team, you know, who can score on anybody, right? They go down there and win 17-10. to 10.
3: Look, and, and you're 100 percent right about Kansas State. They're giving up under 20 points per, and they l- limit the oppose uh, the opposing teams to explosive plays. So, it might be worth looking at that total today, 60 and a half. Kansas State, TCU. But let's give TCU a little credit. They're a little bit more balanced than they're given credit for. They didn't give an offensive score up uh, down in Austin to Texas. Texas Tech passed for 139 yards on this defense. Like, it's not just dug in the offense. This is a very good defense. It's a balanced team. Special teams are a weakness. I agree, but they're a balanced. Team offensively and defensively.
2: Yeah, and, and you know, and, and they and they're babe, they're 51st in the country in turnovers gained, so they can create t- some turnovers, right? And they play to the level of the competition. I mean, they do a great job of adjusting in game, and I think they're well coached. I mean, the Baylor game tells you everything you know about that. Kicking that field goal, having gone through that, that's that's called yeah, game preparation when you can do that. And I think certainly Sonny Dykes deserves this. And he's done an incredible job for where they, this program. I mean, Gary Peterson had always, Patterson had always done a great job there. But this is, Dykes has done a really remarkable job. And it's just not all, hey, we're going to throw it all over the lot. I mean, when you look at them, I mean, this team averages 5-1 per carry. Think about that, Patrick. I mean, they average 5-1 per carry.
3: But also, they've met every challenge. They ran a gamut. I'm just going to repeat this because look at this. This is four straight-ranked opponents. They played Oklahoma, then 18. They then went to Kansas who was 19 in the country. They then hosted Oklahoma State, who was eighth in the country. They then played Kansas State, who was 17th in the country. That was four weeks in a row. I mean, this is a team that has stepped up and met every challenge, and you just nailed it. The Baylor game, they had no reason to win it, but Dykes kept them in it. That great play at the end to kick the field goal with time running out. You know, Baylor may have outplayed TCU in that matchup, but TCU still won. I don't know what else they have to prove here.
2: Well, you know, it's funny. When you go through this, it's, it's kind of like how do you ever get respect, right? So TCU starts the season off, they're not ranked. And they go through five weeks of the season, they win every game, and they're still not ranked. It's not till, it's not till week six of the college football season that they break the top 20. They get 17th. Then they went to 13th. <laughs> then they went to 8th. Then they stayed at 7th. And then they've been at four all the way through week 13. Like, they, 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 they've taken a long time to garner respect out of people, but all they've done is won. I mean, if, if Texas would have had three, three straight wins in a row, they would have been in the top five automatically. We just put them up there, right? It's just, to me, this is college football is so much about the brand. It really is. So let me ask you this because it's said so
3: many times and it's a rudimentary question, but hard to beat a, th- a team twice is really handicappers say it all the time and just general sports fans as well. Why is that adage so applicable? Why do we hear it so much?
2: Well, because when you set up a game plan, you, you basically say, okay, this is how we want to play you. And this is what we're going to do. And so that game plan gets implemented, and it gets adjusted. Now the other team has a time to say, okay, here's how they want to play us. Here's how we match up personnel-wise, so players, coaches, and scheme. But what, what why you can beat a team twice is when you can play right or left-handed, like Utah did yesterday, right? So even though we come in here and we think we have to run it, we can throw it. See, this is where I think TCU has an advantage. You know, they're seventh and an in an ascent pass Correct. per attempt. I mean, they can throw it and they can run it. So if you're, if you're climbing and you want to take away what they do, they have an answer for something else. That's how you can beat a team twice. You've got to be able to be multidimensional. Like, for example, last year when Georgia played Alabama in the opening game, in, that play, in the first game in the, in the conference championship, Alabama had an advantage because they could declare, they could play a different way. But once, Alabama, once they declared it in the second game, Alabama didn't have another way to go. They couldn't change. They didn't have enough versatility, and Georgia knew the plan. So then Georgia could game plan that specific plan, whereas TCU could come out with a completely different plan this game and see what Kansas State does.
3: You remember what Vinny from behind the book there at the South Point told us TCU's odds were preseason to win a national championship? 200 to 1. (laughs) <laughs> How about this? Also, K State and TCU, Big 12 championship game. Both teams were du- double digit odds to win the conference title as well. So, I mean, this is, it's a re- remarkable job by Kleiman and Sonny Dykes just to have these two teams in the Big 12 Lyman's championship games. Kleiman's a, a very, very good coach.
2: coach. He, he's, yep, a very he's a very good, good coach. coach.
3: Okay, Georgia is going to host, we call it hosting. It's in Atlanta. Might as well be a hosting job there for Georgia. LSU in the SEC championship game. You know who's going to have the skinny? Our boy. He's Chick Jack Johnson. He's coming up next from the Beau Rivage down there in the Bayou. 1-0 right now, Netherlands over the USA.
2: You're listening to The Lombardi Line on vSIN. Featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Yeah.
3: Okay, it is the Lombardi Line on a Saturday as we welcome you back, presented by BetMGM. Any NBA game, one game parlay, four legs or more. If you miss one leg, you can receive up to $25 in free bets. It's an awesome deal over at BetMGM. So again, one game parlay, four legs or more. If one of your legs misses, so you hit three or four, you're going to get 25 bucks back in free bets. It's a great deal from the king of sportsbooks. Visit BetMGM.com or download the app. The app's been reconfigured. It looks great. It's easy to in-game wager over there at BetMGM. 21 years or older, 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue. Okay, we got you back. This is fascinating. What's fascinating about Michael Lombardi, he doesn't have to know the sport, but he's just an old scout. He's a guy that's been involved in sports his whole entire life, and he called it out perfectly. Yes, the Netherlands, the Dutch team is up right now on USA one, one nil. but as you mentioned, they're on their front foot. They're spending a lot of time in the Netherlands zone here, Michael Lombardi.
2: Yeah, but I think we just gave up another score, Patrick. Oh geez,
3: Carl Johnson joins us from the Beau Rivage, where he said it's been buzzing down there at the Beau all week. He runs the race in sports book. Carl, yes, another goal for the Dutch. That is, that's a bad look for us. Hi, Carl.
1: Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, Michael. We, yeah, it's uh, man. It's look. It's been a good week. You know, I was saying off air. You know, I. I I think that if soccer would market, I think if we did this every year, I mean, man, how great it would be. I mean, we got a packed house watching these soccer games, uh, <laughs> you, you know, and ordinarily these country folks down here, they, you know, they don't know anything about soccer, but it's, it's been a good week for us.
2: Yeah. You know, I don't know anything about soccer, but this game to me, and I've been watching it off to the side. This is one of those games where the Americans have had to- have one time of possession, but the Dutch yep. have been more effective scoring. And when the ball gets in the Dutch zone, they make this something happen. When we get it down in their zone, we have it. So it's like time yeah. of possession in football. It doesn't matter how long you have the ball. It matters what you do with it. You know? It's and called I think being clinical. Game, yeah, yeah, this it's game called, to me, that's, being that's what I see. It, yep, and, and, you're and I don't right, know anything about th- soccer.
3: They've been completely more, they've been more clinical in the final third. That's the final third of the pitch and the Dutch are up two nil as we head to the break. Uh, oh, just absolutely disheartening. Uh, Carl Johnson. We say hi to you. Of course, the bow. Thank you for dealing with our little play by play there in soccer. Let's get to these championship games. What are you laying down in Atlanta? It's a home game for Georgia, even though they split the tickets, LSU off that AM, A&M loss. What's the number there?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, we opened up 17-and-a-half, 51-and-a-half. Uh, we're still at 17-and-a-half uh, and 52, uh, you know. And uh, uh, right now, the ticket count and the money, uh, let's see, LSU's getting uh, 55% of the money, 65% of the ticket count on that plus 17-and-a-half. But I want you guys to know something. I, I've thrown myself out there all week. I was on primetime Thursday night. Uh, I, I actually believe – that LSU will win this game outright. Uh, wow! I, I, yeah, I'm I'm throwing myself out there. I like them outright today. Um, boy, and you talk about really screw uh screw these uh, top four up. Just think about what that'll do, huh?
2: Well, and give me a and and what's your handicap on why that
1: would be, Michael? It's just a, a situational for LSU. You know they. They screwed the pooch last week. I mean, they laid an egg against Texas A&M. You know, this is their championship. Uh, You know, look, I think they've done a good job down there. I think they've they've built a solid program. Um, I think they're going to be really fired up. I think Georgia has been – has shown – now, I, I think Georgia's the best team in the country, but I think they've shown some vulnerability this year. You know, they struggled with Kent State. They struggled with Bandy you know, they've had some games where they hadn't shown up. And if this happens to be one of them, if LSU can control the football, not turn it over, you know, get to the fourth quarter with a chance to win this thing, I I think it can happen.
3: Are you hanging a money line price on that one there at the bow?
1: Yeah, right now we're at uh, like plus 625, which, you know, so look at Georgia minus 1,000, okay? You know, I like to think of it this way. If you played this game 10 times – you know, and teams were the same. I, I mean, do you think Georgia would win every single time here? I, I just don't. I don't see that. I think the expected value, we call it plus EB I think it goes to LSU. You know, I think uh, even if Georgia won seventy percent of the time right here, LSU money line is the play.
3: Good job, Carl. Wow. Take a stand. I, love I like it. to see it. A 17 and a half point dog, Carl Johnson putting his neck out there. That's what makes Carl great. Purdue, Michigan, my assumption is right close to the same number as we've got with Georgia and LSU down at the bow.
1: Yeah, uh, opened up 16 and a half. It's been stale pretty much all week. We're at 16 and a half, 52 and a half now. That's up from uh, 51 and a half. Uh, Michigan getting the money and the tickets here about 60 and 60. Uh, should be a good game. I know some smart money is on Purdue, uh, but I, I look, I like Harbaugh a little bit in this one. I don't know how you guys feel, but a uh, real good uh, football game last week from them.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, I, this is a game where you're going to be nervous if you take at Michigan and lay the points, you're going to be nervous in the first half because Michigan takes some time to get going, but once they wear you down, once they play with physical toughness, they, they end up coming back and I mean, look, I love how they're playing. I love, their, I love the demeanor of their team. Even without Blake Corm who went under knee surgery, they're still playing really well. And I think ultimately that, that they'll wear down, they'll put pressure on the passer, and they'll wear them down. I think it'll be a close game to start off with, though. I really do.
3: Yeah, Ohio State, you nailed it, Michael. They had no answers for that Michigan offensive line. And then Blake Corum, their Heisman contender, goes down. Then Donovan Edwards comes in, 22 for 216 on the ground against Ohio State and two touchdowns. Purdue's rush defense is a sieve. I don't think they have problems with Purdue today. It just depends on motivation for Michigan once they get ahead. Okay, let's go Kansas State TCU here. Jick Jack, what do you got on that number?
1: Yeah, so this is going to be one of our biggest games of, of one of our single biggest games of the year here. Um, uh, right, we opened at two and a half, 62 and a half. Uh, right now, we're at one and a half uh, minus $1.05 and 61 and a half. And I got to tell you, I was telling you guys off air, uh, we are a so seven, de- seven digit figure high to the Kansas State money line, I, we need TCU. And that's just at my place. Wow. Uh, we, we're going to need TCU really big today for about seven digits. Wow. 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 And where's this money coming from, Carl? Has Mattress Mac been in the place? I mean, what's <laughs> going on here? <laughs> yeah, no, I uh, uh, hadn't seen Mattress in a few weeks. Uh, we'll see him again. But, no, this is coming from a uh, uh, one of our regular good customers. Um, you know, he likes to play big, and he's got uh, – just off of him, we got four uh, six-digit tickets uh, factored in with the single game and also some parlays.
3: Oh, man, they're showing the replays. The Dutch were so surgical in the final third as they're up 2-0 at the break. Carl Johnson joining us here on the Lombardi line. Uh, ACC, it's been a down year for the ACC, but they've got a champ- championship game today, Carl. Clemson, North Carolina, where are you sitting with that number?
1: Yeah, opened here 7.5, uh, we're at seven and a half minus a dollar five, and still at sixty-three and a half. Uh, UNC is getting all the money, eighty uh, percent of the money, uh, with a sixty percent ticket count at my place right now. Wow, Carl.
2: Carl let me ask you this question: On a, you're a poll, you're a, an odd setter. You guys, where would you be if TCU loses? Would you keep them in? Good question.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, look, I, uh, me personally, I, I, we've talked about this before. I mean. You know, if you if you just went off of uh, odds making, Alabama would be favored over most of these teams right here. Um, wow! I'm gonna find a way. Me personally, I think uh, you know. And I, I look, I'm gonna catch a lot of wrath for this. But uh, <clears throat> I think if uh, if they get beat here today, I think you got to put Bama in there. I mean, I really do. Wow.
3: See the championship odds there, Michael. Bama's still sitting twenty to one. TCU's twelve to one. I mean, just the disrespect. TCU's State, twelve and zero. Ohio
2: State's four hundred to one, four to one. I mean, gosh, Almighty. I mean, Ryan Day sitting there. He hadn't had it done a thing. He just sit back. He had a cocktail, watches the game. Oh, we're back in it again. I mean, we didn't really play a hard schedule all year. The only tough game we had to play, you know, we it was against Michigan, and we got our butts beat again at home. But yeah, we'll come back in it again. No problem.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, and you guys were hitting on this earlier. I think it's real important this time of the year for these teams to finish high. I'm going to use LSU as an example. They need to finish high this year. And so that if you look at their schedule for next year, they've got a legitimate schedule to make a national championship run. But if they start off at a ranking of 22nd in the country, it takes a while to climb that ladder. So if yeah, they just finish ask, off yeah. – yeah,
2: yeah, I mean, as TCU, it took them six weeks to get into the top twenty. Yeah.
3: Championship week. My guess is it's championship cuisine for Jick Jack down at the bow. What are you eating today, my man?
1: You know, Patrick. Look, I'm. I'm. Uh, this is one of them days where I'm. I'm. I'm either going to do this. I'm going to wait until after this TCU Kansas State. I'm either going to eat real good or I'm going to drink a whole <laughs> lot. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got a you got a big decision on that one. Ooh, Carl's oh, gonna man. be. I'm gonna be. Pull, I'm gonna be pulling for you. And great job out of Carl. He likes LSU. Forget the points. Screw those points. Yeah. Straight up, they're gonna yeah, be George. Just Georgia go right today. to the money SEC. line.
2: Go right to the money. <laughs> Speaking of a money line, when we come back, when we come back, thank you, Carl. When we come back, there's an thank interesting you, money line I, I want to talk about in pro. To when we come back,
3: okay, and we'll get to Matt Humans as well. Good tease, Michael Lombardi.